A farmer's time is valuable. That's why Blaine's Farm and Fleet has made shopping for your must-haves quick and easy. Simply order online at farmandfleet.com and pick up your items in just one hour in their convenient drive-thru. Or try Farm and Fleet's same-day local delivery option. The Zone. Rough hands, dirty boots, and farming roots. It's all we know. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. Good morning this Monday morning. Aaron Zimmerman here with you on the Midwest Farm Report on a pretty soggy and wet Monday morning. Looks like we caught a little bit of break in the rain here, but it doesn't look like it's quite done yet over the next few days. We'll find out forecast details from Stu Mock, Ag Meteorologist, coming up in just a little bit. Now, we all continue to work to tell the story of Wisconsin agriculture, but a high school senior and FFA member at Wittenberg Burnhamwood High School, Mary Lewandowski, is doing that through a children's book, where she's sharing her story with the younger generation from her experiences on her family's dairy farm. Now, being that it's Monday morning, many of these students will be headed back to school after the weekend, and while most farm kids are doing their chores before they head to school, students in Medford are actually doing them after they get to school. I had the chance to talk with Lisa Kopp. She's the agriculture education instructor and FFA advisor at Medford High School, where they actually brought the barn to school and have a school farm where students can actually interact every day with live animals while at school. But before we get into all that, let's go ahead and get the show kicked off here on Monday, April 4th. We're on mutual Keeping Wisconsin strong. All business owners want the same thing, to make their business succeed. At Rural Mutual, they help that happen. As the third largest writer of commercial business in Wisconsin, they take the time to learn your business so they can properly protect you. Call your local agent today or visit RuralMutual.com. Rural Mutual Insurance. Keeping Wisconsin strong. As we get anxious for spring planning, what are crop price is going to do, what our crop input price is going to do, it all wears on us mentally. And sometimes it can be overwhelming. Bob Bosel here at the northern end of the world's longest barn, and I don't care what part of agriculture you're in, it is a stressful occupation. And Stephanie, you talked to a gentleman that's providing some help for farmers that are feeling a little stress or maybe a lot of stress right about now. Well, that's right. And his message is that it's okay to talk about your feelings. So this is the word from Jeff Ditzenberger. He leads a mental health resource in Southern Wisconsin that really today has a worldwide presence. It's called TUGS. I'm Stephanie Hoff from the Southern end of the world's longest barn in Madison. TUGS is an acronym that stands for talking, understanding, growing and supporting. He's a certified mental health coach with roots in the egg community. He farms near Argyle and he's also active in the Farm Bureau and FFA alumni. So Jeff shares the work he's doing, but first he tells me more about the organization. Yeah, so TUGS, which is Talking, Understanding, Growing, and Supporting, is a 501c3 nonprofit based out of Monroe, Wisconsin. I started in Greene County and uh, then had uh, HBO Vice News show up and A&E show up and a bunch of podcasts and stuff. And now we're, we're literally worldwide. I mean, we get messages from all over the place. And basically the idea behind Tugs originally was to get men to open up and talk about their feelings, farmers to talk about, you know, what's going, going on in their lives feeling-wise. But the biggest thing was is to get rid of the stigma that surrounds uh, mental health and the fact that we don't talk about it the way that we should. Why is there a stigma? <laughs> well, because we use words like crazy and loony bins and, you know, if you go to see a professional, you go to see a shrink and 
you know, they, they think that, that, you know, the way, I mean, just take Hollywood, for instance, and the way Hollywood portrays people that have mental problems, you know, they portray them as evil, bad people all the time, and, and uh, you know, we're not. I mean, we just have some things in our brains that aren't quite wired the same, but, you know, we're productive members of society who just have a few more things that we got to deal with on a regular basis. And the great thing is, though, Steph, is that the more people that we talk to, and get that conversation going out, the more education that we're going to get. And that's really what we want to see is more education. You know, my PTSD, my which is post-traumatic stress disorder, my bipolar 2, my anxiety, my borderline personality disorder, none of that stuff's contagious, but it is, you know, we can we can get it under control. And, you know, if your, peop, if your friends and, and neighbors and stuff know that you're going through that kind of stuff, then they deal with you a little bit better. But if they don't even know how to deal with any of that kind of stuff, then they're, you know, they don't have any way to, 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 to help help you out and then next thing you know you're all on your own again what are those first steps for folks either that need to talk to someone or people that want to listen to understand well i think the first thing is is that you know on a regular basis i ask you know i go to different places and i'll be like hey how's how's it going today are you you okay today or you know uh, just kind of like in general public strike up a small conversation or just be nice to people that's one of the biggest things you know we don't even say hi to people hardly anymore you know you you know and and, and when you think about farmers i mean we go down the road with a two-finger wave off the steering wheel all the time it doesn't matter if we know them or not but um i think the biggest thing is is you know is getting the conversation started anywhere you know getting that getting that out in the open where you know we you know i i've been saying a lot lately is that I feel that in 2022, we ought to be able to talk about mental health the way we talk about COVID, but we ought to have a good conversation about it and, you know, help people with it, not, you know, not make them feel feel like they're less important because of things that they're struggling from. And that's a message for the farming community, because as you said, farmers are nice. They're always waving to each other, you know, how are you doing? But they don't break out of that shell. They're also a very stoic, very proud people, you know, and, and uh, you know, they take a lot of pride in their farms. They take a lot of pride in their animals. They take a lot of pride in their work ethic, you know, and that's great. But pride doesn't pay the bills. Pride doesn't, you know, keep you necessarily up, you know, in a good mood all the time. You know, you have those days where, you know, you lose your prize cow or you, you know, the, the bills come and you're like, oh, my goodness, the bills are a little more than what I th- my income is right now and stuff. And if they can have those conversations with other people about that, they're going to find out that, you know, they're not the only one that has the water pipe break on Sunday morning before church. And, and, uh, we can, if we can break out of that, that cycle of, of, of not talking about it, then not only do farmers understand each other and what they're going through, but then our consumer who's very important to us will understand it as well. And now let's talk about CPR for mental health. There is an acronym for it, training that you can do so that if you are that point of contact for somebody, you know what to do. What I train is called QPR, which is question, persuade, and refer. And that's how we bill it is that it's like CPR for mental health. It's an hour-long training, uh, and then we sometimes do some role play or, or questions afterwards. But it's three parts, the question, ask the question. And so we, you know, my goal is to empower people to be able to ask someone if they're thinking about dying by suicide or if they're, if they're, you know, you know, Joe, you look really depressed today, you know, are you thinking about harming yourself? Being able to ask that question and then to persuade them is basically like, remember when you bought that coffee cup for the boss and he thought it was the best thing ever? Like you made his day. So like you matter, you need to be here. You make people happy. And then the refer part is, you know, do they, do you try to get them into like a mental health worker or, you know, Maybe like for the younger generation, maybe they got a a coach or a teacher that they like to talk to or something like that. But the biggest thing that people need to remember is that asking people if they're suicidal does not make them more suicidal. And the whole thing behind QPR, and it's just like farming, we talk about it, we say that QPR is like planting, planting a seed of hope. 
And that's kind of what we do as farmers is plant seeds every, every spring with blind faith, not knowing what's going to happen, but we still do it. And that's what's going to happen when you start asking the question about suicide is you're going to plant a seed of hope and, you know, people are going to talk about it and they're going to say, oh, my God, somebody actually cares. And they're going to talk to me and and stick through them. I mean, that's what we farmers do. We stick through the thick and thin and we'll do that with other people. We just got to get the question out there and we got to get the conversation started. And I like that message. You matter. Because if like you said, um, if you see a crumpled $20 bill on the on the side of the street, you're going to pick it up because it hasn't lost value after you smooth it out. Exactly. You know, and 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 it's an easy analogy to do because we all understand how money works, you know, and I even had somebody challenge me on that one time. He's like, well, I don't always want to be a $20 bill. And I'm like, but you can add value to what you already have, but you just have to remember that you haven't lost your value. No matter how much you've been kicked around, no matter how much you've been beat up, no matter how much you've, you know, struggled, you've made a difference in somebody's life, whether you know it or not. So you have to be here to make those things still happen. And my message is you matter. And don't hide that from your family. That's another message you have. You don't hide your feelings from your kids because you think it might be too tough for them. Talk about it. Yeah, you know, we, I, I hear, especially moms, moms are good for this, you know, about how they're trying to keep it together for their kids. And I say, no, sit them down and have a conversation with them because one, it helps them understand what moms and dads are going through. And two, it helps them with their own emotions. And then three, as they get older and they start getting into relationships and friendships and stuff, like they're going to have those conversations. And that's how we get rid of the, stif- the stigma behind mental health is that we have the conversations about it, that everybody has bad days, but they're just bad days. It's not a bad life. People that want to get behind fighting the stigma, they want to help, they want to go through training, they want to be a part of Tugs, how do they get in contact with you guys? Well, you can like our page on Facebook and follow us there. Um, my phone number, is, which is the easiest way to get a hold of me, either by text message or an actual phone call, which I like phone calls better, 608-214-9137. Or you can email us at tugsgroup, T-U-G-S-G-R-O-U-P at gmail.com. And then last question for you. You know, you mentioned, yeah, pick up the phone, leverage social media to better people's lives to, and to help yourself. You know, I talk about in my presentations about how, you know, Facebook is a huge social media venue and we go through it and we see how Doug has made a really good dinner and Susie and her family on vacation. And we like that and we love that and we throw little things out there. But then there's, you know, someone who's like, oh, I'm just sick of it all. And we, we, we think they're looking for drama or attention. And I tell you what, people that are suffering from mental health challenges or who are thinking about suicide are, are, and are asking for help are not attention seeking, they're help seeking. And we need to do that. We need to go into their message box and say, hey, I saw your status. Like, is everything okay? Maybe they just had a bad day at work, or maybe they're actually thinking about something worse. Well, there you have it from Jeff Ditzenberger with Tugs, based in Greene County, Wisconsin. Something we didn't mention in the interview, Tugs is named after a tugboat, and the slogan is, even big ships need a little help sometimes. If you're wondering how that fits in, Jeff Ditzenberger is a U.S. Navy veteran. You can get help or learn more at tugsgroup.com. From the southern end of the world's longest barn in Madison, I'm Stephanie Hoff. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. Steffes Group is conducting the Sheboygan County, Wisconsin Dairy and Farmland Auction near Sheboygan, Wisconsin. This timed online auction closes Tuesday, April 5th at 1 p.m., selling 252-plus acres to be sold in five tracks. Track 1 has a modern dairy facility, a house, and other outbuildings. Track 2 has a single-family home. The other three tracks feature farmland acreage. Go to steffesgroup.com right now for drone photos and complete descriptions for this auction near Sheboygan, closing Tuesday, April 5th. That's S-T-E-F-F-E-S group.com. 
I've had the opportunity to be involved in several programs in the Wisconsin Farm Bureau, one of which was the Farm Bureau Institute. It's a great leadership program to help develop leadership skills, whether it's social media skills or the opportunity to speak to legislators and learn different ways and tools you can use to help get your message across. WFBF.com. They've really helped my leadership develop. A voice for farmers, vision for agriculture, Wisconsin Farm Bureau. Are you ready for the next generation of body sculpting? A skincare minute with skincare expert Michelle Neeson. Current body shaping devices have addressed unwanted stubborn fat and skin laxity. But what if we want more muscle strength and toning? MSculpt is our new body sculpting device at Rejuvenation Clinic of Sauk Prairie that uses high intensity electromagnetic contractions with a 30 minute treatment described as equivalent to 20,000 crunches. MSculpt is approved for abdomen, arms, thighs, and calves. And it's also the world's first non-invasive butt toning and lifting procedure. MSculpt is a safe, effective addition to any workout program. The possibilities are endless. Let your natural beauty shine through. View our specials at rejuvenationclinicofsaukprairie.com. Hang on to your tractors. Here's another update. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. Time now for your Compere Financial Ag Weather Update with Stu Muck, Ag Meteorologist. Now, Stu, it was kind of nice to have that sun out this weekend, kind of a little bit nicer weather, but boy, the you know the rain came back and it looks like it's going to be around for a little while. Well, we've got a couple of chances. How about that, Aaron? It's not going to stay raining now and continue all week. In fact, the rain we're talking about this morning is really going to be ending pretty quickly in western Wisconsin, Eau Claire and La Crosse, even Boston, as we head through the next couple of hours. The radar indicating rainfall up into southeast and then curving back into central Wisconsin. There's some snow further north. Could be a little sloppy accumulation, though, you know, up uh, Rhinelander, that kind of an area. For most of us, though, we're not going to talk about that. Sprinkly rain, if a few snowflakes are seen at Eau Claire, they won't stay around for too long. Low pressure is just around southeast Minnesota. It will zip east and northeast across Wisconsin very, very quickly today. And as it does pull away, precipitation will be ending. Precipitation that's added up a bit. I mean, I have a few amounts this morning, 32 hundredths of an inch in the last few hours at Madison, 24 hundredths of an inch at Fond du Lac, only one hundredth of an inch at Eau Claire or at Fond at La Crosse. Nothing being reported at Eau Claire at this point. But let's talk about that low as it pulls away. The rain will end in the west already this morning, ending in the east further on later today or into the evening hours. Clouds kind of lingering yet for today, but temperatures not too bad. Getting a little closer to normal, we stand a better chance to be in the mid and upper 40s for today. That sounds fine. And then, indeed, we could more likely start to push those 40s into 50s on toward Tuesday and Wednesday. But that's when the next low builds in. That next system uh, working out in the far west coast this morning. And it's going to push east, heading on in toward North Dakota. 
as we start wrapping up Tuesday and then slowly moving east into Minnesota for Wednesday. That's why we get that more prolonged possibility for some rain developing uh, as we make our way on through later Tuesday, sticking around then Tuesday night, Wednesday into Thursday as the low may finally pull east into the Great Lakes in a way. Mostly we're talking about some rain. There may be some snowflakes with it as we start to dry things out here later Friday. Yes, I did say dry it out because as we start looking ahead toward the weekend, I really expect by next Saturday and Sunday that we end up looking for some sunshine and temperatures maybe a little cooler than normal Friday, but back to above normal as we look towards Sunday, and there'll be some sunshine with it. That's going to help to dry it up just a bit, certainly seem a whole lot more comfortable than this damp start we have this week. Uh, even though it may not be raining for long in the west this morning, the rain chance returning already into Tuesday and Wednesday. So things stay a little damp. And because of that, even though temperatures say they're warmer, it's going to have that uh, more damp, cool feel to it. Fortunately enough, we're not looking at winds that are going to be gusting up at 35 or 40 miles per hour. That should take some of the edge off, but we are going to have a little wet weather as we head through the mid part of this week with improvement again, looking down the pike toward the weekend. I'll have forecast details right after this. Steffes Group is conducting the Sheboygan County, Wisconsin Dairy and Farmland Auction near Sheboygan, Wisconsin. This timed online auction closes Tuesday, April 5th at 1 p.m., selling 252-plus acres to be sold in five tracks. Tract 1 has a modern dairy facility, a house, and other outbuildings. Tract 2 has a single-family home. The other three tracks feature farmland acreage. Go to steffesgroup.com right now for drone photos and complete descriptions for this auction near Sheboygan, closing Tuesday, April 5th. That's S-T-E-F-F-E-S group.com. All righty, Stu, let's hear that uh, forecast for the near future here to see what we can expect. Well, all right, we have that clouds this morning and some of the rain ending at La Crosse and Moss and even Eau Claire in the next few hours, lingering a bit longer as you head off toward the east, and there could be a little snow flurry activity uh, far north in the Fox Valley up toward northeast Wisconsin. Otherwise, today I really expect a lot of mid and upper 40s, not uncomfortable. South winds become northwest oh, about 5 to 10. Mostly cloudy overnight. Could be foggy in the eastern parts of Wisconsin, even toward Madison area. Be watching for that. Nighttime lows dropping into the mid-30s. North winds a bit variable late, about 5 miles per hour. Mostly cloudy on Tuesday. Could be some of that morning fog in the east. And then some rain developing, of course, through the day Tuesday. Temperatures, though, upper 40s east, low 50s the further you head to the west. Southeast winds at 5 to 15. Rain continues overnight into Wednesday. Still some clouds and rain but more sun trying to break through into the day Wednesday. And that's why I expect we push it up into the mid or maybe even a few upper 50s to report for Wednesday. Southwest winds 5 to 15 could be a little gusty. That helps to pump that moisture in, but that south wind is still ahead of that low, so the rain chance sticks around into Thursday. Finally starting to dry out into Friday, Aaron. I think that's the part you're looking for with some sunshine and what could actually be a little warmer weather by the upcoming weekend. Yes, sir. Looking for a little bit of that break from the rain and and hopefully hopefully those warm temperatures, that sun will come out and get rid of some of that mud for us. <laughs> yeah, or a good breeze helps that too. But yeah, yeah it'd a little be nice bit. to dry it up. A little bit, definitely. Well, and I think too, it's a good chance to throw out there with all this precipitation that we are getting. If you haven't already signed up and you're interested to become a rainfall reporter for the National Weather Service, to do that, you can visit cocorahs.org and become a rainfall reporter to help improve weather ac- or weather accuracy on the reports and our forecast. So I think that's a, a good reminder to get involved and pay attention to that rain that we're going to be getting. 
Yeah, I'd love to see you added to the report. So far, I've only got two rivers in Racine reported on that service this morning. So more would be better. More would be better. Fill all those holes in with in Wisconsin. Well, anyways, that's your Compere Financial Ag Weather Update. Compere Financial is your financial partner committed to agriculture and rural America. For more information, you can visit Compere.com. Well, thank you very much, Stu. We'll continue to look forward to that warmer, drier weather as we uh, continue on. But thank you very much, and we will catch you later. You betcha. Keep your mud rubbers close. Will do. Will do. Thanks. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. Picture in your mind the amount you want to earn at your job. Cardinal Glass in Mazomani will help turn that number into your reality. Competitive pay with overtime available and monthly profit sharing means you can earn what you desire. When you work at Cardinal Glass in Mazomani, your career is world class so you can live first class. Cardinal Glass in Mazomani is now hiring production associates and maintenance, 401k, medical, dental, vision, advancement opportunities, and more. Apply today at cardinalglassmazo.com. The Madison Police Department and Madison Area Crime Stoppers would like to prevent you from becoming a fraud victim. On February 28th, a citizen reported that they were contacted by someone claiming to be a federal agent. The fraudster told the citizen that their bank accounts had been compromised and convinced them to purchase thousands of dollars of gift cards from which the balances were quickly drained. They even sent the victim images of their fake credentials. Similar scams are perpetrated on a daily basis across the country. To protect yourself, Confirm the identity of the person you are communicating with by independently contacting the agency or business. Do not be afraid of offending the scammer. Gift cards are never a legitimate way to resolve outstanding fees or fines with any government agency. Never send money to anyone in order to claim a lottery or other prize. If you have any information regarding these types of incidents, please contact the Madison Police Department at 608-255-2345. If you wish to remain anonymous, please contact Madison Area Crime Stoppers at 608 266 6014 or on the web at p3tips.com. Sometimes people think we're the bathroom remodeling place that just covers up your old stuff. It's how Rebath got its start 40 years ago. But just as technology has improved since dial phones, we've grown to become a total bathroom remodeling company. Free in-home consultation, free custom design, an affordable new bath in just days, not weeks. Visit our showroom on Stoughton Road or rebath.com. Rebath, making it easy to love your bath. What have we here? Crackers. At least I think they are. They're in a cellophane wrapper. There are two of them. Crackers always travel in pairs. They snap like crackers. Crumble like them, too. Nine out of ten cracker eaters would give them a positive ID. But these aren't crackers. They're dinner. Jim Krevix for five days straight. There are people like Jim all across Madison. And because the need is there, so are we. This year, we'll supply people like Jim over $950,000 in food through Dane County's busiest food pantry. Just one part of the more than $1.4 million in clothing, shelter, furniture, and other goods and services we provide. We're St. Vincent de Paul, helping our neighbors in need. At Tom's Auto Center, we like to say we're the getter fixed, getter done to get you going, guys. Because we're one of the largest independent auto shops in the area. Tom and Tom of Tom's Auto Center. 
With 12 bays and a lively group of highly skilled mechanics, we're able to do just that. Tom'sAutoCenter.com Tom's Auto Center We're the getter, fix, getter, done To get you going, guys Off Highway 51 in McFarland A stone's throw from McDonald's We all make choices When it comes to alcohol Kids make choices whether to drink or not Bye, Dad Bye-bye Remember, I'm going to Alex's party tonight And sleeping over Hey, Em, have a seat for a second Remind me about that party again. And adults make choices whether to talk about it. That's true of parents and every other trusted adult in a kid's life. Kids want to know our expectations when it comes to alcohol and other drugs. They want guidance and honest answers to their questions. And it makes a difference when the message is consistent and part of everyday conversations. So talk with your kids and help lead them on a positive path. Because when you talk, they hear you. For more information about talking with your kids about underage use of alcohol and other drugs, visit underagedrinking.samsa.gov. Because of you, someone gets to go home instead of working a double. Because of you, call lights will be answered a little bit faster. Because you are the Bright Star in that facility. Bright Star Medical Staffing is looking for caregivers and nurses. Bright Star believes providing the highest quality temporary staff means better care. It's the reason you got into healthcare in the first place. Be the Bright Star in someone's life. Work with Bright Star. Apply today at brightstarjobs.com. No Devontae Adams, and now Marquez Valdez-Scantling is on the Chiefs. You have, well, they got Big Bob Tunyon back. Uh, they got under the cap somehow. Rob, I mean, it's been a <laughs> whirlwind. I don't even know where to begin, but let's start right here. Uh, Devontae Adams no longer with the Green Bay Packers. Was this long in the making when they did the last dance? Was this actually Rodgers and Devontae knowing that Devontae was going to the Raiders? Like, was this something that was long in the tooth here that uh, we just weren't privy to? Well, I, you know, I, I, I certainly think, and as more and more information has trickled out on that, Evo, it, it, it does look like that's largely the case. You know, Adams was certainly bothered and offended. That contract talks last summer really went nowhere, and, and he and the organization had such differing views about what technically, and again, this is a lot of the minutia that, that, that's uh, written in these contracts, you know, what technically was going to qualify as the highest paid wide receiver in football. He saw it one way, the Packers saw it another. Um, they left the door open a little bit, obviously, by by not getting him done last summer to, to some type of an extension. Um, you know, it, it left the door open, Evo, for him to kind of fulfill a dream of, of, of going back home and playing with his buddy, you know, Carr there with, with the Raiders. And, 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 and I'll say this, Evo, you know, just, just looking at that deal, um, you know, as, as a separate entity on its own, I do think the Packers did pretty well to get, to get a one and a two. Now I know a lot of people freaked out after what, you know, Kansas city was able to get for, for Tyreek Hill in terms of that haul. Yeah. but you look what the Packers got, uh, you know, for Adams evil versus what, you know, Dallas got for, you know, for, for Cooper, for example, or some of these wide receiver deals that have been done here in the, in the last couple of years, they got a lot of draft capital to play with Evo. Um, it, it clearly sets them back dramatically for this season, for 2022, because you don't replace a guy like that on the fly. And, and I think, and I think expect, you know, by, to, to maintain the same success level that you've had the last, the last few seasons, but it does to me, Evo, 
open the door for them to completely overhaul that position um, and, and really set Aaron Rodgers up with a couple of young potential studs here over the next two years. I think they, I think they take a hit Evo here in 2022 in terms of the win loss record after the Adams trade. But again, you know, Adams is on the brink of 30 Evo. Um, you know, they, they clearly milked the finest years of his career sure. out of them. And somebody else is going to pay him that astronomical third contract. And now it's just up to Gutekunst and the Packers to find that replacement or two replacements, probably Evo in the draft here, uh, you know, four weeks from tonight. Well, Rob, you know what I love that we have you in your prime years. So we're milking it out of you at the Packers <laughs> coverage, man. Forbes.com, uh, Conley Media. If I'm on Twitter at Rob Reichel. So, Robbie, for the people, and you're no stranger to the strong, bold take on Aaron Rodgers. There's a lot of people out there wanting to blame Aaron Rodgers for, you know, the new contract that he got, and that's why the Packers aren't getting wide receivers and the, the Devontae's gone. Is there any truth to that of Rodgers taking his bigger contract and he's the blame for all of this? Well, there was certainly money to bring Adams back. Uh, at the end of the day, they, they got under the cap, Evo, you know, with, with the Adams contract when they franchised him. The problem was he wasn't going to play for the franchise tag, yeah. um, you know, moving forward. And then they had to make a business decision. Um, I do think it's interesting, Evo, if you, if you guys both remember late in the season, Aaron Rodgers made some type of comment at a press conference where he, or a Zoom call then where he said, you know, uh, Green Bay is not a destination spot. People are coming here to play with me. Well, since the season ended, Evo, Devontae Adams is gone elsewhere. Marquez Valdez-Scantling has gone elsewhere. And it's not a big loss by any stretch of the imagination, but Equinemia St. Brown has also gone elsewhere. So, um, and, and they brought in absolutely nobody uh, to play uh, wide receiver, to play catch with Aaron Rodgers. Now, now clearly, Evo, they won't go into the season with, with Alan Lazard, Randall Cobb, and Amari Rodgers being their top three. They will they will in all likelihood make a trade here for a veteran or sign a veteran off the street and draft two or three here in a few weeks and, and completely overhaul that, that position on the fly. But the problem is, Ebo, and, and you guys have seen this now for 15 years with Rodgers as the starting quarterback, uh, you know, and, and he stresses this more than anybody, the need for chemistry to play with Aaron Rodgers, right? There has to be this chemistry and trust for Aaron, you know, to, to ever even consider throwing you the football, the great Aaron Rodgers, Evo. If, if he, if, if he's, if he's going to give you, uh, you know, the, 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 the all time uh, pleasure of, of receiving a pass from him, <laughs> there better be this trust and chemistry established. From farm to fork and everything in between, we cover it all. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. Hey, it's Aaron Zimmerman back here with you on the Midwest Farm Report this Monday morning. Now, each and every day, Wisconsin farmers and agriculturists work hard to effectively share the story of Wisconsin agriculture. And one of those people who's working extra hard to share that story is high school senior and FFA member at Wittenberg Burnhamwood High School, Mary Levendusky. She's written a children's book all about her personal experiences on her family's dairy farm to share the story of Wisconsin dairy and Wisconsin agriculture with the younger generation. So with my project, I wrote a story called A Day in the Life of a Wisconsin Dairy Farm Girl. So as a new FAE project through the Ag Education, I wrote this story, and it focuses about my life on my family's dairy farm. So it focuses about our dairy cattle and the crops and my chicken business and, of course, the cats and dogs. And I created a 30-minute presentation out of my story. So it focuses um, about 
teaching young children about the importance of the preservation of the history of small family dairy farms in Wisconsin. And I kind of felt that I had like a heartfelt obligation to make my grandparents proud too with writing the story. And I presented my project to four area elementary schools. So I've reached 500 children and 27 classrooms. So with my presentation, I read my story, and I also include feed samples of the different cow feed and the different size eggs for my chicken business, too. And I also include an activity worksheet that kind of recaps what the children learned from my story. And I also do a game called Name the Farm Tune. So it kind of um, helps represent myself as a state and national FSA band member. And the children really like hearing the different farm tunes and trying to guess that. And in the end, there's also a Q&A session. So if the kids have any other questions, comments, or concerns, we address them in the end. And they are also given out little um, goodies that I've actually reached out to local Wisconsin agriculture businesses. And overall, this has just been a wonderful project for me and I've gained so many new skills from this. Now let's talk I guess a little bit about you know when you started this project what you saw I guess as the importance of educating people about where their food comes from about the importance of agriculture and I guess you know the heritage and legacy of agriculture. Yeah so this project really has helped me kind of become a stronger dairy advocate and it's actually kind of opened my eyes to new possibilities. Because after high school, I want to go into agribusiness and become an egg advocate. So this project has really helped me teach children about the importance of small family dairy farms in Wisconsin. And I've seen that a lot of children have learned so many new things about how their food is actually produced and how it's made into dairy products. And that milk is transferred into um, more than just the beverage itself. I've also done demographics so I can kind of see like what, what the atmosphere is before I'm reaching the children. So I've conducted that there's about 17% of the kids out of the 500 that actually live on family dairy farms and they've actually had 48% of their relatives live on farms. It's just been such a wonderful experience for these children because they're so young so it's easier for them to grasp this information and they can just become so much more knowledgeable of the dairy industry. Now, let's talk a little bit about, you know, you, you said it's really interesting that you've kind of gotten the demographics on the people that you're talking to and, and that you really kind of worked on reaching out as far as you can. I guess, how have you made those connections? And I guess, what are your goals going forward to continue to expand that impact and continue to teach more people about agriculture? So before I actually reached out and went to these different schools, I created a survey and contacted the area elementary teachers to see if there was a need for egg in the classroom. And from my results, I found an overwhelmingly amount of need for the egg in the classroom for these young children. So now with the future, I have a couple different projects that I'm working with now. So Shawano County Farm Bureau, they have their brunch on the farm, which is June 26th, and it's in Clintonville. And so I'm going to be presenting my story in the children's egg tent. And then I will also be reading my story at Winber Public Library for the June Activities Dairy Month. And I will also be working with Mary Lou Kujil next month. She's the coordinator of Egg in the Classroom, and we will be going to St. James and Sacred Heart So a lot of good things are heading my way for me. Well, I guess anything that you'd like to give as advice to people who maybe kind of have in the back of their mind wanting to do something similar to you or or just want to know how they can better tell the story of agriculture. I mean, what could you tell them from your experiences 
on how we can effectively continue to tell that story to everybody. Yes, definitely. So I feel that having a very strong support system and especially with my editing panel, this couldn't have been possible without my um, advisor, Mr. Matt Christian, and with my parents and my teachers and just all these elementary teachers too. And especially working with these dairy advocate groups, it's really helped me a lot with getting my story out there and actually kind of like achieving my dream of sharing the importance of small family dairy farms in Wisconsin and kind of keeping that legacy alive after we've seen a great decline in small family dairy farms is kind of getting the word out there and showing that there is hope. Well, again, here with Mary Lewandowski, she is a senior at Wittenberg Burnhamwood High School in the FFA program that created a children's book all about Wisconsin agriculture and Wisconsin dairy to help educate those about what goes on and where their food comes from each and every day. Focus on your farm in 2022 with Focus on Energy. Focus on Energy can help identify energy efficiency upgrades on your farm, helping you save money on your utility bills for years to come. Get started today by contacting your energy advisor. Call 888-623-2146 or visit focusonenergy.com slash agribusiness to learn more. That's focusonenergy.com slash agribusiness. Focus on Energy, helping farmers save since 2001. Steffes Group is conducting the Doug and Amanda Wallerman Retirement Cattle Auction in Norwalk, Wisconsin. This live on-site auction is Friday, April 8th. Bidding opens at 10 a.m. Approximately 450 head of Holstein dairy cattle with an average daily weight of 851 pounds to be sold. 400 plus head of milking and dry. Go to steffesgroup.com right now for photos and complete descriptions for the Doug and Amanda Wallerman Retirement Cattle Auction Friday, April 8th. That's S-T-E-F-F-E-S group.com. Let's go ahead and take a quick look at our commodity markets here this morning. Cash corn currently up 11 and three quarters. New crop up seven and a half at 695 and a half. Cash soybeans up four and three quarters, while new crop is up seven at 14, 13 and three quarters. The May wheat contract currently up 22 and a quarter, while the July new crop contract is up 21 and three quarters at 10.06. April milk currently at 23.67 a hundredweight, that's down two cents, while the May contract is down 10 cents at 24.45. On Friday, barrel cheese finished at 225 and a quarter, up five. 40 pound blocks up four and a half at 229 and a half. And double A butter up one at 271. There's a quick look at your commodity markets here on a Monday morning. Be sure to stick around. We'll be right back after this. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. Home every night, home every weekend, and more than average competitive pay. Driving for Advanced Concrete, you'll be in updated, comfortable, easy to maneuver trucks. We're a reputable family-owned business that you can rely on for long-term employment, surrounded by an inviting culture of friendship. CDL drivers, apply at advanced-concreteinc.com. The concrete producing company, the contractors rely on Advanced Concrete. When you're shopping around for a pre-owned vehicle, you know what you want. A shiny, fun-to-drive ride that won't let you down. But how do you know if it's reliable? A Wisconsin State inspection is 60 points, which means checking 60 things. Most dealerships follow that playbook. Bergstrom Automotive isn't exactly what you would call 
most dealerships. Bergstrom performs a 172-point inspection on all pre-owned vehicles before they're even chosen to be on the lot. 172. That's 112 more areas where the vehicle needs an exam. With that much attention, you know they're looking at parts and pieces you probably didn't even know exist. Do the math. A 60-point inspection or 172. And all to make sure you're safe, confident, and happy with your pre-owned purchase. Choose from over 1,500 elaborately inspected pre-owned vehicles at Bergstrom Automotive. Join the Bergstrom Auto Family. If your walls could talk, what would they say? I have sent children into fits of rage. I am responsible for a child's speech impediment. I am the reason a child can't read. Just because you can't see lead paint doesn't mean it's not on walls, doors, windows, and sills. Today, lead paint poisoning affects over 1 million children. If your home was built before 1978, log on to leadfreekids.org or call 800-424-LEAD. Brought to you by the Coalition to End Childhood Lead Poisoning. EPA, HUD, and the Ad Council. Sows, cows, plows. Heck, anything connected to farming's on the menu here. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. Well, one thing you may not necessarily think of when you go to school is going to school and the farm at the same time. But that happens up in Medford, Wisconsin. I'm here today with Lisa Kopp. She's the agriculture instructor and FFA advisor at Medford High School. Now, Lisa, first, let's talk a little bit about your school farm and kind of how it came to be. Yeah, well, up in Medford High School, we have an actual barn facility on campus. The students walk about two minutes from the main building over to the facility, so it's part of our campus. And it came to be because I had the dream um, I was bringing animals into my classroom. You know, I'd bring a calf in for a day. I'd bring my horse in for a day. I'd bring a sheep in for a day. And bringing those animals comes with a lot of mess, right? The seeds, the bedding, all that stuff. So I finally thought, oh, you know, there's probably some easier way for me to do this. So I jumped up a facility and had some supporters that believed in the, the vision. And, you know, four years later, we have a 50 by 50 building standing that has an animal classroom. It has two animal stalls. It has an egg macaques area. And the property that actually was purchased, it came up for sale while we were spearheading this project. Um, it was three acres. It had a current stanchion barn. So we not only did we get one barn, but we actually have two facilities, two barns on property. So it's, it's been a whirlwind, but it's been amazing. The community has been so supportive financially and with items to donate, as well as the school board, the administration, have been so receptive and understanding on the need for this type of a facility at a high school. Now, let's talk a little bit about, you know, the students' learning experience. You know, obviously the students can sit in the classroom and you can teach them about animal science, those kind of things, vet science. But it's a totally different thing when you can get them to actually get hands-on and get working with animals, especially if they're maybe not a farm kid. Yeah, I mean, you hit it right on the head there. Um, I do a lot of surveys in my classes to keep data. And what I'm seeing is we're seeing a lot of students are two generations removed from that farm life. So to explain that a little bit more, you know, they're not on the farms doing the morning and night chores. They're not the ones that are understanding the trials and tribulations of birthing and of feeding and of all this stuff. So having this facility enables them to experience those tasks, whether it be something hard to do, like cleaning stinky animal pens, or it's something amazing to observe birthing from animals or feeding or training success. So the students at the school do everything on the facility. They do everything from going to get the feed, organizing the feed, storage of feed, right, all the way to the cleaning of the pens. We halter break everything. They get to lead them. 
you know, we castrate, if we need to dehorn, you know, we talk about the controversial topics and we talk about alternative methods. And it's pretty neat that we can have hands-on facilities that allow them to do these things and not just read about them in textbooks. Well, that's awesome that you say that the students, you know, get to do all the work and get to experience that. How do things work then when it comes to actually, you know, getting the work done and maybe on weekends when school is out or, you know, even through the pandemic, I'm sure things kind of got tough. Yeah. Well, thank you for recognizing it. You know, if you talk to any farmer, right, you still have to do those tasks regardless of the weekday, the holiday, the pandemic. So I've been really blessed with a really strong community that's really stepped up to do these things. I mean, when we went virtual um, during the pandemic, I had students that were messaging me, hey, do you need help with chores? Can I come help and do chores? What day can I take a shift? You know, we give keys out to students that allow them access to the facility to, to feed and to take care of animals. And like I said, there are students that want to do these opportunities. And a lot of them aren't on farms, right? You see a lot of those farm kids, they have to be at home doing their chores. So we see a lot of the non-farm students really stepping up and wanting to engage because they haven't had this experience. So on weekends and holidays, we make a calendar just like it would be a job. And we sign up students' names and assign them to a date where they have to do chores. And um, for the management side of it, I actually get an email when they like log into the building. So let's say they wouldn't show up, I could call them and remind them or I could call a backup person. We usually have a farm manager that has a 24-hour key that can get in and help out if there'd be a student that misses. But each year that I've done this facility, we've been in it three years now. This is our fourth, starting to fourth. Um, each year we've done it, I've had to do less weekend chores, if that makes sense, because the students are taking that much more ownership over the facility. Now, you talk about how you get the students involved in it and, and they are doing the work. Let's talk a little bit on the community side and how the community has been involved with it. And I guess how you can share what's going on in your facility with the Medford community. Yeah, I cover a lot of different um, areas, right? Like I have horticulture where we have a high tunnel greenhouse at the facility. Um, our local county market really steps up. Our local grocery store steps up and helps out with flowers and seeds and arrangements and stuff. We also have businesses that want to donate stuff, right? Like the feed mill in town is so generous and they donate a hundred percent of our feed and our shaving expenses that we need for the facility. And that is extremely helpful because feed is the largest expense on any farm and having that cost be removed from the equation allows our system to be a little bit more sustainable. But we have community members too. I had one come a month ago that says, Hey, our company didn't spend some grant money. Like do you, do you have a demand for new things at the barn? So, you know, I received a $4,000 grant to pour new concrete in some of our pads so we can help with waste management. It's just been amazing whether people donate items, hay bales, straw bales, they might donate feed you know, that they're not using. Maybe they're done bottle feed and they bring a bag to us to finish up or the feed mill. It, it's just been across the board. And I'm finding that there's so many people out there that want to support these avenues, but they maybe didn't know that they could or they haven't been asked. We have honey beehives at school. And we have four hives. We actually reached out to the community to ask if they would want to sponsor a hive, right, to help purchase the lumber to make the hive and then help sponsor to purchase the hive. And we had we had quadruple the funding coming in. So we were able to then purchase bee suits for 20 students so that when they're interacting with the hives, you know, that they're safe. So it's just phenomenal to see, you know, if, if you ask your community, 
they they step up to the challenge and they want to help the future of agriculture. Now, let's talk about, you know, you mentioned those barn cams that I know you can access from the Medford High School website. Let's talk a little bit about that system and how you use the cameras to your advantage, but then also how it can help you share what's going on on the farm with students and the community. Yeah, thank you for asking. We have we have four different barn cameras installed at the Medford High School barn and they're on different pens. And it is so neat to just observe animal behavior without actually having to be in that pen or being or interacting with the animal. You know, students anywhere can observe that. I kind of tease when the animals are close to birthing. I'm like, you know, when you're in math class or English class, you know, pop it up on your tab behind. And if you see that cow calving or heifer calving, shoot me an email, you know. And I've had so many people, even out of the state, I have some relatives and some friends out of the state that message me, oh, we watched, you know, we watched the pig pharaoh. And it's, it's like, what? People are watching this out of our state, out of our school district. And it's just neat to observe. I think people like to watch animals and to be part of something makes them feel pretty good too. So I, I'm able to look at the cameras and watch students for like the animal management side of things. If they're doing something in the pens that they shouldn't be, or if making sure things are clean properly, making sure that the animals are comfortable. It gives me a good cushion to observe, right? I can get home and pull up those cameras and observe it. But mainly it's just to share the, the animals with the with the world. So Anybody can find that link on the Medford High School District page, and you can go to the Agriculture Department, and then there's a few different links for the different barn cameras that, you know, you could you could go log on it right now if you wanted and watch what those chickens are doing in the chicken room. <laughs> yeah, that's definitely, that's that's a really cool thing, I guess, to share what's going on with the farm, you know, with anybody, anywhere. Well, anything else that you'd like to add about the school farm or things that you got going? Yeah, I think what's really neat about this facility is that we're able to educate people about agriculture and we're able to educate them at a high school level. And therefore, they might choose a career path that goes directly into agricultural field. And maybe they won't you know, go into a direct egg field. Maybe it'll be a, a secondary job or whatnot. But I'm finding that students really enjoy learning, understanding these concepts and helping them to understand agriculture better will make them better consumers when they leave and start their own jobs, right? Start their own careers. What I think is also really neat about this facility is we're able to educate a positive side of agriculture. I think a lot of times if people don't know something and they see one inaccurate thing on social media, you know, that's their, that's what they know. So here at school, I really try and be proactive on positive and factual things that are happening in the barn just to try and educate our students educate our community, even educate the world. You know, people could join. We have a Facebook page called Bringing the Barn to School. And we've I've added other teachers and other parents from outside of our district because it's neat to see the impacts of positive social media. And that's all happening right here at the Medford, at the Medford Barn. For sure. Well, a lot going on at your Medford barn and a great opportunity for students at the Medford High School to get experience on the school farm. Again, I'm here with Lisa Kopp. She is the agriculture instructor and FFA advisor at Medford High School. For the Midwest Farm Report, I'm Aaron Zimmerman. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke.